Welcome to an empowering and transformative season of Yoga Corner Chats. Join me, Shelby Phoenix, your host and guide as we embark on a journey of inspiration, growth, and self-discovery. This season, we're diving into the worlds of wellness and entrepreneurship, bringing you captivating conversations with extraordinary women who are making their mark in these realms. Each week, we'll explore the stories, insights, and wisdom of our remarkable guests, delving into their personal journeys and uncovering the secrets to cultivating a more balanced and fulfilling life. From yoga teachers to life coaches, therapists to entrepreneurs, each guest will bring their unique perspectives and experiences, offering invaluable guidance for navigating the paths of wellness and entrepreneurship with grace and resilience. At Yoga Corner Chats, we believe the power of women supporting and uplifting one another. We celebrate the diversity of our guests and their expertise, creating a space where their voices can shine brightly. Together, we'll explore what it means to define wellness and success on our own terms, finding inspiration in each other's stories and forging our paths to fulfillment. So whether you're an inspiring entrepreneur, seeking guidance, a wellness enthusiast eager to learn new insights, or simply someone who craves inspiration for living your best life, this season of Yoga Corner Chats is for you. Tune in every week to join our captivating conversations and discover how you too can embrace the transformative power of yoga, wellness, and entrepreneurship. Together, let's manifest our dreams, support one another, and create a world where success and well-being go hand in hand. Subscribe to Yoga Corner Chats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform, and be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted. The journey begins now. Welcome back. Today, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce you to our special guest, Hannah Carboneau. This enlightening conversation with Hannah is a true gem from our archives, recorded on October 14th, 2021. Hannah is a remarkable individual who wears many hats in her mission to support others in their journey of personal growth and empowerment. As a postpartum doula, Reiki master, and intuitive, she brings a unique blend of expertise and skills to her work. Her genuine desire to show up authentically and help others do the same is truly inspiring. During our heartfelt discussion, Hannah shares her profound insights on navigating grief and holding space for those experiencing loss. We explore the importance of providing comfort, empathy, and support to individuals during times of profound sorrow. Hannah's wisdom and compassionate approach shed light on how we can be a source of solace for our loved ones during their healing process. Drawing upon her experience as a postpartum doula, Hannah offers invaluable guidance on supporting individuals who have experienced pregnancy or infant loss. Her compassionate perspective and practical advice provide a beacon of hope and understanding to those who may be going through such a deeply challenging journey. 
Our conversation with Hana is a powerful testament to the resilience of the human spirit and the transformative power of holding space for one another. Get ready to revisit this touching conversation from October 2021 as we delve into the depths of grief, compassion, and the importance of being there for one another. So without further ado, let's journey back in time to our conversation with the amazing Hana Carboneau. Prepare to be guided, inspired, and equipped with tools to hold space for those who need it the most. Enjoy. I'm really good. I'm really excited to be here um, and share about me. And um, I love your work, so I admire you. And I think it's never a bad thing to share and collaborate with as many powerful women as well um so I was wondering um if it's okay I like to kind of start these interviews and any like sort of conversations I'm having like this with just a couple deep breaths so we can get grounded is that okay with you sure all right so it's up to you what's ever comfortable Mm -hmm. if you want to close your eyes and I invite everyone who's watching to join us (sighs) settle into your seat Let your shoulders drop back, your spine. Empty out all your air. And take a deep inhale through your nose, filling up your chest, letting your belly rise, filling up to your collarbones. And then a slow, gentle exhale out your nose. Another full deep breath in. And a slow, gentle exhale. One last deep breath. And release. Whenever you feel ready, come back into this space. Right, I feel a little bit more ready for this now. First thing I would just love is if you would introduce yourself and your business and what you do. Sure. So um, I'm a postpartum doula, uh, which is a uh, supportive role that I play in uh, families that are welcoming newborns. Um, And that's usually I serve families that uh, have from newborn, they say 12 to 12 weeks, but we all know postpartum is a lot longer than that. Um, but that, that's one role that I have. Um, I'm also a Reiki master, so I do uh, Reiki energy healing. Um, uh, and what else am I? And I'm an intuitive. So I can connect with spirit. Um, I can pick up on energies. I can, um, it's so much bigger than just an introduction, um, but that would be just an overview. Um, I really did find my intuitive abilities did become stronger when I did become attuned in um, Reiki 1, 2, and, and 3 and Master. Um, but I would say I'm also just not only those labels, um, I'm way more than that, just like all of us are. Um, so I am a lifelong learner. I love to learn. I think my high school quote is the more you know, the less you understand. Um, And so I'm always looking and trying to look at all sides of life. Um, 
be empathetic to people, uh, see people for where, where they are in their life, not try to talk to anybody out of anything. I don't spiritual bypass anybody. Um, I believe um, light and dark is all part of life. So I, mm. I, I guess I'm a good observer. And um, I, my business is my name because I didn't want to put myself in a box. I didn't want to um, focus on one thing and then, you know, maybe a year or six months from now decide, you know, there's something else I want to, to do. So, um, having ownership of my name and really, um, using that as my identity makes yeah. it feel like I can go anywhere because Hana Carvino is never going to change. Yeah. And I, I have observed so many people, um, just kind of coming out as being an entrepreneur. This is my first role doing that. I had worked in retail for the majority of um, my life and customer service. And so this is like me coming out as me and being responsible for what I have. But what I've noticed is a lot of entrepreneurs alongside me have just decided to take away maybe some of the, the what they thought would be their yeah. identity and making it more about the individual. Um, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't been easy to just say, okay, it's me, Hannah Carbono. Yeah. Like it's all like, I'm out. <laughs> it hasn't been all bunnies and rainbows, but um, I like the idea of not feeling restricted and not fitting into a certain box and even saying, um, you know, I am a Reiki master. I am, it still feels a little like, um, I just want my essence yeah. and my energy to come through for people. And so I don't even like having the doula work and my intuitive work. It's like, no, I'm not going to be, um, it's against like my own boundaries right. to be reading people without their permission too. So I don't want to think that it kind of all spills into um, each other. A lot of the work I've done individually and in my business is a lot of boundary work. I don't know if you can speak to that too, but you have to really flex that and make mistakes and, um, and uh, you know, go through those too. So boundary work's been big for me and kind of creating this, these offerings. And yeah, this I feel like I am, um, so. as an entrepreneur, you, as you're building your business, you're going through so much self-growth yourself and boundaries is such a big part of that, you know, boundaries with your like work life boundaries with clients, like you said, boundaries between maybe different parts of your business. Um, so yeah, I can definitely relate mm -hmm. to, <laughs> to that, especially I know for me personally, I don't know if it's like this for you, but before I started my business, boundaries were tough. And when you start your business, you have no choice but to like, yes, face that head on. <laughs> um, how is that been for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to be frank, because I'm yeah. just authentic, it's been really hard. I, um, I, always uh, my personality is to keep the peace to make sure everybody's happy to please and really put everybody before me and so when you start what I consider like 
healing my own stuff because that's required when you're serving other people is to always be doing the work. Yeah. So um, I think the best um, resources for me have been mentors and teachers that have walked that path and have been able to share and say, listen, this is what I've been through and this is how I got here. And I think learning from people that have been through it and have been authentic in that and then can help you along the way. That doesn't mean that I'm going to have issues. I think boundary work is lifelong, um, but it's definitely been nice to call in groups of people that have been through it or that are going through things and being able to share. Um, because I think anytime when you're doing this work, it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And so you also have to be kind of okay with not being that person when you didn't have boundaries. Um, Cause you're not liked, you know, or oh, accepted yeah. um, the same way. So I also feel like having mentors or other people who've either gone through it or are going through it, like a, group a support group basically or people who kind of understand is really important because it can be really in my experience it can be kind of isolating to be working from home starting your business you know maybe family and friends don't really understand what you're doing um so I've also found that having like mentors and other people in the same boat is like crucial Yeah. And I'll have to say, you feel like you're on an island, but I've, I spent a lot of my life hoping somebody would come save me in a way. And I've realized over the last so year, true. you kind of, you have to be your own advocate. And so, yes, it is isolating being an entrepreneur and thinking about your work 24 seven, but it mm -hmm. is also up to you to seek out and follow your own inner guide to find the right people. I saw somebody said it's hard finding mentors who have time. Um, that's when it's crucial yeah. to find, you know, a group, you know, maybe a start there, start with a group of people that you can connect with, but you, you also have to put in the work to, to do that. I, I guess I'm saying like, I initially thought, Oh, mm. I'm going to have all these entrepreneurs like, you know, connecting with me and I, you get that, but you don't always get the, um, it's like, we're all doing everything and I can, um, message you real quick and say, Hey, I love what yeah. you're doing. But if I'm not taking an extra step, we all appreciate that. But we're also like, sometimes I'll say I get so laser focused on the work I'm doing. I kind of let those personal mm. relationships slide, but it's like you ebb and you flow and you're just, again, just trying to um, yeah, do your best. Yeah, it's so true. Like, even <laughs> so, like on social media, there are so many other women or people or entrepreneurs who are looking for that support. And you'll, I've been happy to see that when I do like reach out or ask questions or find these groups that people are really receptive. They're like, Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. And I'm glad you reached out. Um, like even you and I, like, this is our first real conversation, but I feel like, um, you know, just reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, I want to collaborate on something like 
very rarely people have said no or you know felt like I was like intruding on them like I feel like all of us want and need the support yeah and I and it just I think I don't know I mean there's no guidebook clearly maybe there are books but I don't have the time to read them <laughs> about entrepreneurship right and so you just it does take some grit from what I've and it's a lot of shadow work and it's a lot of boundary work and it's this what do they call this little square Instagram is not going to show you um, everything I was just meeting with a few friends and we were just saying there's just no way you can get the full picture I mean I could have been crying right before (laughs) this and you would never know I wasn't but I'd be honest if I was Um, and so there's just no way, um, to really get a grasp without getting vulnerable, Mm -hmm. um, which is also something I've been flexing and saying to somebody like-minded, like I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time navigating this. It feels lonely. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it is kind of supposed to, um, because the other hard part about this is looking to what others are doing is going to be, Uh, a challenge. You really have to try to stay focused. And what do they say? Stay in your lane. Um, Because we all have so many different things to offer. Um, Even if they look the same, um, our energy is going to just be so different in delivering that. So yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you might share a little bit about your own wellness journey, and kind of how you came into this work. I don't know if I've done an elevator speech on um, like how I got here, but I'll say that it, most of what, when it started, um, like I have um, described, has been through motherhood. Um, it, what, it was 2012 um, when I had my first pregnancy and um, loss. Mm. And that was my first experience, which was really it made me so angry and so upset because I thought Mm -hmm. my mom never told me this was possible. I, I got that like Dumbo scene of the baby getting delivered. And it almost felt like when my pregnancy was lost, I was just shattered. Okay. And just in this really awful place. And, um, I ended up getting pregnant soon after just kind of numbing through and being like, okay. And, um, having my first daughter was just life-changing. I started looking at my family dynamics, my history, my childhood. I was overwhelmed. I was um, stressed. I was putting everybody before me. Um, My worth was just as low as low could be. I loved my child. I didn't have any connection, uh, any problem, you know, connecting with her I know some people during stressful, um, you know, postpartums can feel a real disconnection. And uh, that wasn't my case. Um, And then this is going to be very like quick (laughs) because it's a lot. But um, then I, we navigated trying for another child. And then I ended up having a really um, traumatic what I would consider a birth at home, but um, a miscarriage at 12 weeks. And that just, I mean, I came to so many realizations, like I kept putting myself, I took it as a sign. And but 
it in such a confusing way because it was so it was such a big heartache. Um, anybody who knows when they get pregnant, even at four weeks, three weeks, however, however many weeks, you know, when your body, you already start imagining what your plans are, what hospital, maybe what your baby might look like. And so at any stage, it is just absolutely devastating. And I'll just say that on behalf of anybody who has been, and, and then some people do actually find relief too, but that wasn't the case for me. Um, so after that really bad miscarriage at home, I just, yeah, I knew I had to put myself first. Um, I knew that I was almost using the pregnancy when I knew it was still okay as an excuse to kind of put my life on pause. And so then I started navigating, getting, calling and support. So I was going to acupuncture. I was going to hypnotherapy. I was, um, I don't think I had gone to therapy, ther talk therapy then, but I was reaching out. I was trying to go to support groups and I was trying to just navigate who I was and what I was doing and why I was here. I mean, it made me question everything. Um, and so then I, what happened? Then I had explained this um, in my bio that I had gone to acupuncture and, you know, I think about it when you're at acupuncture, if you've ever had it before, it's like yoga where you're like feeling so grounded and centered. And I just heard this um, uh, doula in my head as I'm laying there over and over and over again. So I went home and I Googled what doula work was. <laughs> and then I found, yeah, it was wild. And I, and I was like, and there was a doula trainer. And, and again, there's a difference between a birth doula and a postpartum doula. And um, I felt postpartum doula fit me better. And so I went and I Googled and there was a training right in Exeter where right near where I live. Cause I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all the stars aligned here. I am like trying to figure myself out. And I found, and I've always felt like almost with the description of a doula, just holding space. And um, I felt like I was that for my friends. And I felt like I, mm. I, I have that kind of personality that a doula has where you're not going in with your own agenda. You're going in supporting that person in whatever avenue they want to take. I don't, I don't, we don't insert ourselves in totally. who we're supporting, if that makes sense. So I did the training and I felt lit up and I was excited and I was excited to serve my community in that way. And I still kind of hung around a bit in the um, customer service realm. And I had lost another pregnancy after that. So I was like, damn, I'm really glad that I put my, I didn't put my life on pause. I kept feeling like I was kind of putting my life on pause, if that makes sense. So I then ended up getting pregnant again. And this one stayed, which was great, but it was such um, it was like I was holding yeah. my breath through the whole pregnancy um, because I was really, I was really scared. I was really, um, I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust myself. I really, it really yeah. kind of brought everything up maybe that I hadn't processed because I, I did what I thought I had to do. I was like, okay, I'm going to start taking care of me. 
Um, but then I just kind of went back into almost that dull, like I'm going to, um, I, yeah. I was numb. I don't know how else to describe it. Again, um, it's kind of only if you, if you've had it happen, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. So I would say to people like, you know, mm. I feel like I can't even exhale until this baby is born. And that was really true. And that's a long time, like about 10 months. <laughs> so anyways, she was born and I was like, okay, she's here. And then what happened within my postpartum period is my self-worth again kind of went down the tubes. And I say this jokingly, but only because I have so much admiration for the person that felt like they weren't even worth an Italian pre-made sub <laughs> at Market Basket. Like I was like, I was so low after having my other daughter because I hadn't processed everything that um, I still had work to do that I didn't want to see. And so I was just a wreck. I was like, rather than make my life easy with a newborn and go buy a sandwich and get it made for me, I was like, I'm going to have to go get the, um, the bread and I'll go get the cheese at the deli and all the meat. And if anybody knows what an Italian sub has in it, it's like capicola and like, why am I taking that many steps when I could just go over here? And so I have that Italian sub in my head now as like a trophy because I honor that person who was so low that mm, yeah. she didn't feel worthy of a sub. And yeah. she still woke up every day and tried. And um, so I can say it kind of like as admiration because I feel like I have come a long way in in it's almost my daughter's birthday is going to be next month. So that's been three years. So <laughs> maybe I'll get an Italian sub tattoo. Maybe I'll get a necklace. I don't know, but I just, I have to say that because that's where I was. And then, um, then 2020 hit and we all have our own experience with how 2020 was. And so I, um, followed my gut on wanting, I had had Reiki before, um, in person and, um, several times. And I, I loved it. I had, I would get like a massage and she would do Reiki energy on me. And I, I was a willing participant because I really did feel like I am so in tune with right. energy and I didn't have boundaries around what right. my energy was and what others were. I, yeah. I felt like everybody's was mine, which if you're, if you're listening to this, I would say you're carrying a lot more energy that's <laughs> other people that than you so even much. know. So, <laughs> okay. So I live my life feeling like this must be all me. And then I, that just connects for reason to Reiki. So I emailed a couple, so I kind of was like, okay, it's 2020. I'm, I had to be at home with my kids because one of them was online schooling. My husband's a first responder. So yeah. he was working like normal. Um, so it was definitely like a heavy load. Um, like a mm. lot of mothers have experienced through this whole pandemic. Um, and I thought, 
I want to take some time for me. I, I, I started after the Italian sub story that I told, I got in therapy. I'm still in therapy because mm -hmm. I think it's the best thing for anybody that wants support. Um, I feel like you have to get it everywhere you can. Um, and, and part of my job too is yeah. connecting people to resources, whether you're my Reiki client or my doula client. Like, I feel like I'm a bridge as a person and a connector anyways. So that's part of working with me. But also I practice what I preach. I'm not going to say, I'm giving you all these resources and I'm not trying to take advantage of, you know, sure. the support I can have as being your support. So Anyway, so I kind of emailed around to find a Reiki practitioner that was teaching and through COVID, who knew if you were, right. you know, where or who you were teaching. And I didn't hear back from some emails. And then um, I ended up finding a program through a local um, person in Maine, Kelly Rich, who's like my, I love her so much. And she's been um, an amazing support and mentor for me, but she taught Reiki. I did Reiki one, two, and three with her and master. Um, and then she incorporated the intuitive piece, which was for me at face value. When I started just tuning in to yourself, grounding, um, probably similar to, yeah. you know, like what I think of with yoga, like just really being in your body, understanding, and that that also helps when you're, I mean, first of all, the first step in mm -hmm. being Reiki attuned is heal or heal thyself. So if you're not, if you're in the wellness field and you're not, I would be, I would be a little weary working right. with anybody that's not doing the work or not showing their <laughs> human side red flag for me. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think about it until you actually be, you're in this field. So Anyways, I did all the Reiki one, two, and three, and I will say it was not, it wasn't all bunnies and rainbows I'm, because you're having to look at everything. And I got um, like crisis symptoms. Um, I don't know if you're like aware with that, but like through the attunements, sometimes you can get like your, your body, mm -hmm. your physical body sometimes is purging energy that's stagnant and needs to move and if i'm what i'm considered you know when i right. the reiki's not coming from me i'm the conduit so if i'm being attuned then i need whatever isn't is going to stop that from flowing right. through me to be gone and it's not an it was not an easy process and i think um you know having the label of Reiki master <laughs> to me, like I was like, master, master. Okay. But my teacher was so like, she's so great. Um, right. It just means I'm committed to learning. I I'm committed to learning Reiki. I mean, it's not possible. It takes lifetimes sometimes to integrate all that we learn within Reiki. But when you see Reiki master, I don't want you to be like, try to take the judgment back just a little bit because it just means I'm committed to incorporating Reiki. It doesn't necessarily have to be right. out in the public. It can be just in my personal life. Um, but that that's a commitment I decided to make when I did it. And then through the Reiki work, um, I ended up uh, connecting yeah. with spirit during Reiki sessions and things that I 
so before I start a session, um, because my mind runs so much anyways, I sit down with a notepad. And again, I only do this if you sign up for, if you sign up for a session with me, you're giving me permission to be in your energy. I'm not going to be jotting on a piece of paper for Sally, who I saw at the grocery store. That's not how I work. That's a boundary that I have within my work. It's also not cool to be seeping into other people's energy anyway. But that's besides the point. So I was doing a Reiki session and I started practicing um, after because that's part of my training was to kind of work with a few people and kind of gauge how that went. And I start writing down things I didn't understand. I didn't, and when, and so I have them on paper. So then when I do the energy reading or do the Reiki energy, I can chat, we can talk about the intention yeah. and then we go from there. And then I share, then I share at the end kind of what I jotted down or what I picked up and then anything through the session. And she, this client of mine was like, and <laughs> when I'm doing it, I'm not realizing what I'm doing. Cause this is not, I don't, I don't know many people talk about this kind of like in between weird place <laughs> where you're realizing your gifts, but it was like, it was literally like I'm writing down um, certain characteristics and I'm seeing images and I'm referencing a show with a character's name in it that had, that had a connection to this person. And I'm mentioning an animal and that had, so I'm reading her this and she's like, that's my, you know, that's my dad. And this is, this is a stone he let, he wore as a ring. And this is an animal I saw the other day and thought maybe it'd be him. And it was like, I, I, so then I was like, okay, this is so much bigger than me. And, um, this is exactly why I have to do the work for me so that I can be this right. channel for that energy that brings, you know, that brings these messages to people that can bring peace or whatever. And again, some, there might, there'll probably be a day where I deliver something that's not going to be received well. Right. And I also have to be prepared for that. Um, so that's my journey. I had done a in-person support group before, um, you know, the whole world shut down supporting, uh, an intimate group of women. And I will say that, um, we don't ever forget. It doesn't matter how many years and we don't ever forget the things and the ways that mm -hmm. people didn't hold space for us, which almost adds to the grief. Um, which is so sad. Um, but I hope that the way that life is going is that we really start getting comfortable mm -hmm. with the uncomfortable because I I've had so many people reach out to me knowing that I have done this kind of work. Um, and say, mm -hmm. what do I say to a friend? And this could go for any sort of, um, right. death, or with anyone because I'll say the gravity of hurt for the child I lost mm -hmm. felt like it was like my grandpa like if if I can describe it to somebody who hasn't experienced it mm -hmm. it feels like a lifelong friend and that might not make sense to people but that's the only way I can try to equate the gravity of pain that's experienced um for many women in all stages and um it is just 
it is just a lot. So when people come to me and say, well, what can I say? What, what can I do? And I'm gonna say that the best thing to do is sit with that person. You don't have to have answers for them. The most supportive people in my life brought me food and let me cry and didn't tell me this was the plan or there must have been something wrong or trying to right. kind of give me hope. Um, I think the best thing to do, and I think we all know this, or maybe if we're not practicing this, <laughs> the easiest way, I love that your cat's there. <laughs> she feels the vibe. The easiest way, or he, sorry. Um, the easiest way yeah. to move through mm -hmm. pain is to sit with it. Okay. <laughs> Which sucks. And I don't say it because it's, I'm saying it's easy. I'm just saying that it's as simple as we don't want right. to, we don't have to have answers for people. If they're going through something really hard. Um, yeah. Just sit there. Um, I think yeah. it's so again, isolating to feel like if I'm on the phone with a family member and they're trying to tell me, you know, this was all the will, I'm like, no, this, does, this doesn't seem fair to me. And right. I don't need you to tell me this was the plan. Like nobody wants to hear that. So if you, and if you don't have space for that, if you feel like you're going to, um, if you feel like you're going to try to fix it for them, it's probably better that you're not in that space. And I'm, I'm just going to say that because if you don't feel like you can make space for people, then it's probably not um, maybe your role. So you can write a card or send them a meal or get them support or some resources and say, Hey, I, literally when I had my group facilitated and I, I was creating this space for, for mostly women. I did try to invite partners because I'm not going to say my, you know, in, for my experience, my husband suffered quite a bit. And I, I want to say there's not a lot of recognition yeah. for partners in this too. Um, but every single person that came to my meeting wasn't anybody that sought it out they were the ones their friend or their family member saw it and said, Hey, yeah. this looks like this would be super supportive for you. So I want us all to remember that when we are, totally. and that goes for anything, you know, you see anybody going through a hard time and say, here's a resource. Here's a, I think this place would be a great place to, you know, talk to somebody or, um, to yeah. learn more about it, even things like that, because that gives the person the opportunity mm -hmm. to say yes or to say no. And I think we all need to respect each other's own power and not try to take it away and fix totally. it for them, because that's disempowering for a person going through the trenches. Um, so, yeah, I'm I I I'm comfortable with the uncomfortable in my own life. At times, it's a challenge, but I also just feel like it's so hard to mm -hmm. find people that can hold space for you that I want to be that um, for others. So um, I, I also want to flex joy and happiness and all that, but I don't, I want that to feel um, 
Like right. we have to rush to, to that part before, because I know from my personal life that mm. rushing through, it's still there, it's still hanging out. And, and for whatever reason, birth and babies and bringing children into the world was what really yeah. made me face my stuff and continue to face my stuff. I've never had children or any pregnancies before, so I'm a bit ignorant in this realm. Um, but postpartum doulas, what they do is um, we learn like the nonverbal, obviously nonverbal and verbal because babies cry, but uh, cues that, uh, you know, they're fascinating, like fluttering of the eyes, whether their fist is open or shut. I mean, these are things I all women should, all birthing people should be educated on. And I, I know for the future that this right. will be like the village um, where this shouldn't be um, new information. This should be shared. And that's what doulas do now. And um, postpartum is so important uh, because you're shifting, you're birthing a baby and you're birthing yeah. a new version <laughs> of yourself, whether or not you're prepared for it. You are a, your, your partnership is new your identity is new, your baby is foreign, right. and you're like, I'm trying to figure this out. Who is this? Because every baby has its own personality. And um, so we also help with feeding, like um, uh, bottle feeding, chest feeding, um, any, any way you want to feed your baby, we're there to support you. Um, we do emotional support. We talk about boundary, you know, every duel is different. That's the thing too. So what I'm talking about might not yeah. be what, but generally speaking, um, we help you with family dynamics. If you have um, a family member that's very triggering that wants to come over and just hold the baby, like sometimes we can be the point to help you kind of walk through that. Um, because family dynamics get crazy when you <laughs> I don't know what it is hormonally everybody shifts um we can help with sibling support like just normalizing uh yeah. sleep and or lack of sleep and um connecting you to resources so if something's like with with without like if you have a medical question we're not going to be able to really answer that for you, but we can say, okay, let's write it down because you're sleep deprived and you're tired. Let's all, let's kind of take all your thoughts and put them together and let's reach out to your pediatrician and here are the things, you know, to ask, or, you know, I see, you know, some of these things, um, like you're having some symptoms and you should, you know, reach out for a resource here, there, everywhere, birth story processing. I mean, literally just holding space. It is like, I don't want to toot all the doula's horns, but we are like a, um, we're like little fairies, <laughs> little fairies that come. Oh, and like it, I'm talking more like, because I'm only offering virtual, um, which I can go into a little bit more, but, um, in person, we, you know, some doulas have a specialty of making meals or prepping food because when baby eats, right. that birthing person should eat. Um, 
water, um, tidying up, folding laundry. Like when you're, I remember sitting on the couch, you know, you're, you should be resting as much as you can. Um, you're sitting with your newborn baby. You're looking at like everything and you're like, I need a snack. I need like, for whatever reason you latch onto like your room being vacuumed. Like doulas can do that. Doulas can, you know, within everybody's got their scope and their boundaries and work. Um, you know, connecting with a puppy or a cat that's like, who is this crying thing in the corner? Like we can give you tips yeah. on how to integrate all family members. Um, it's like doula work is the best. And I don't think, um, I don't think you can go wrong with the right doula that feels right for you. Not every doula, it's like dating. Um, you want to find the person that feels like can hold the space for you that can connect with you where you feel safe, where your partner feels safe. Um, and because it's a very intimate right. time to be going into somebody's home. And unfortunately the way that society is right now, um, the support is just oddly like, I want to come in and hold your baby. Okay. And that's not what, new parents need <laughs> new parents want their trash taken out or they want a meal made for them or they want they want you to walk their dog or they want you to just sit there and ask how not the baby's doing how is the parent how's dad mom 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 how are you doing you know that recognition because it's it's wild and it's overwhelming and hard and um so that's what doulas do and i offer virtual right now which i feel like is great because um cost can sometimes be a barrier for a lot of people although there are a lot of doulas that work sliding scale that have programs and payment plans and um the virtual work i do is can be so um supportive because it's affordable. Um, you get me, we can just do a one-time meeting and, and connect. And then I can, I send a follow-up email with resources for you, maybe a treat, like a little playlist, like ways to ground and center and, um, you know, chatting with your partner and kind of letting them be the doula in the house, like kind of giving them tips on how to support you. Um, and so, virtual work is kind of becoming, a, especially through the pandemic, was becoming more um, consistent. And with my lifestyle right now, it makes more sense for me to be doing virtual work at the moment. But um, it's more accessible. That yeah. means anywhere you live, we can connect. Um, and like I said, sometimes I'll go into a home and all, and it's not all we do, but I'm saying like, all that person needs is yeah is space held for them to process. And so it doesn't have to be bigger than that. And sometimes I know a lot of doulas walk out and they're like, well, all I did was talk. And guess right. what? All that person needed that day was that. Um, so I offer virtual um, for that. And then I, like I said, the miscarriage, still, stillbirth, um, you know, if you're even pregnant after loss, um, postpartum pregnant people, 
I kind of incorporated Reiki energy work in with that, in that I offer, um, you know, distance healing for those particular people, um, because I think that needs a space as well. I think um, we celebrate birth so much, but let's, let's really hold space for, we're all going to encounter somebody that has um, experienced loss. And if we don't know outwardly, I guarantee you there are women or family members within your system that have lost kids that have maybe never said it. So it's, it's like we all, like with the way that our culture is moving and society, we all have to get, be, teach our kids this, teach our kids that sad things happen and that we lose people and babies and things so that our kids can come out being like so supportive and little professional space holders and have really clear boundaries. Don't you feel like, I feel like if I'm doing this work and I can have candid conversations age appropriate with my children about, you know, Hey, you know, my friend did lose a baby and that's only going to benefit society. Right. And just grief in general. Like, why are we putting timelines on people? I had uh, people come to me and say, you know, my family's not sure why I'm not over it. Why is that any of your business? That's nobody. I, I'm sure we all grieve things that happened in our childhood, like to this day, where it's like, you know, like that's grief. Like grief is everywhere. So please, um, I, I don't want to put judgments on people because I feel like once you're aware of maybe a role you've played in somebody's life where you've tried to rush them along, that's where you can change and, and, and do better. And I, I, I don't want to shame anybody into feeling like everybody's done wrong, but I'll say like it, this is a whole outwardly bigger problem. And I feel like I, when I speak, I'm speaking on behalf of so many people that feel invisible, you know? Um, I didn't ever want to have to, I felt at times, and I feel lucky enough in a way to have had a death certificate for my child because I felt like, is that the only way somebody's going to know I have been suffering? And that's how so many people feel. Like, do I have to have something tangible to show you the pain that I've had? And that's just not fair. Like why, why are, why are families scraping to prove it? So anyways, my whole work has encompassed kind of taking my own grief and my own hardships and just, um, and just creating uh, offerings that feel good for me at this time. And I don't think um, I'll ever, I mean, I'm excited to see what the future holds, but um, this kind of work feels like so necessary. And again, like the death doulas and the, the women coming in and the grief workers, we need all of that. So um, you can find me at hanacarbono.com. And right now, the best way to stay connected with me is to sign up for my newsletter. It's um, kind of when you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll be able to sign up. Um, I put out limited um, availability month to month. So it's a good idea to sign up for that newsletter because I'm going to start kind of 
incorporating um, maybe a meditation, maybe a card pull, maybe a playlist, um, kind of whatever I'm intuitively called to share throughout my newsletter, just to help you take care of yourself um, for those few minutes. I know that a lot of us are trying to get off social media and be really social in real life. Um, and so email feels like, you know, honoring a boundary of not always being on here, but also being able to go in your inbox um, when you're available for it. Um, I have um, postpartum doula virtual sessions available. I have um, uh, Reiki distance healings. Um, I have, they're called prism sessions. So if you didn't really want to, if you weren't available to kind of tap in intuitively, um, for like an intuitive reading, you would just do the distance uh, Reiki healing with me, to distance energy healing. If you wanted to dive a little bit deeper, then I would suggest signing up for a prism session. That's a little bit more in depth and more of an intuitive reading slash energy healing. Um, I mean, I offer uh, animal energy healings. I offer um, right now it, for affordable I do a intuitive reading, like three card Oracle or uh, tarot deck um, reading. Um, I think that's 55. So if you just kind of wanted to get to know me through that or my newsletter, I feel like all of that would be the best ways. And just like go into my page and just see, like I say on there, I was like, if you have a nudge to work with me, like get curious and you can get to know me through my newsletter or follow me on Instagram. Um, or, you know, email me with any questions you might have, or, or, you know, again, I'm happy to help supply a resource for, for you. Um, cause I, even though I have all this work, I would be wary for somebody that came to me to like, they were just seeing me. So I'm, I want to work with people that kind of want a team you know, that we're not all meant to do it on, I'm not the end all be all. And um, I want to be just like a little piece and handholding for you through your process. And um, so yeah, you can find me at hanacarbono.com. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm looking forward to watching your future yoga corner chats, because I think it's, again, so great to just share everybody's essence and um, support each other all along the way. So for anybody watching the replay, you know, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us in this incredible conversation with Hannah Carboneau. To connect with Hannah and explore more of her work, check out the show notes for this episode. Subscribe to Yoga Corner Chats for empowering conversations and transformative insights. Leave a review to help us reach more listeners. Subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Keep shining and embracing your power within. Take care, stay inspired, and keep evolving. Chat soon.